You're listening to a podcast from Northeast Christian Church. For more information about Northeast, go to ncclex.org. Thanks for listening. So, if you haven't picked up on it yet, today we're taking a look at how what if could function in a church plant. Have you ever dreamed about that? Uh, would, you, uh, would you start dreaming about it? Because you never know when God taps you on the cho- shoulder and says, hey, I got a, I got a plan for you. And uh, it's going to change the lives of hundreds, maybe thousands of people for all eternity. How cool would that be? We have two guys with us, uh, not really strangers around here, but they've been gone for a year. Will you welcome Todd Ballard from Lakes Church and Phil Smith from the City Church? (laughs) Oh, man, we've been looking forward to this for a long time, and thanks for being here. Happy Father's Day to you guys. You're welcome. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Phil, uh, I can't see Monty. <laughs> Could you scoot back, Just Phil? Scoot it's really important. Thanks uh, for dressing up go. today, Phil. There you go. Let me give you uh, a little bit of background to introduce, just in, in case you may not know who these guys are. Uh, Phil Smith and his wife, Stephanie, they have two kids, uh, Noah and Addie. Is that correct? And uh, they were part of Northeast starting back in 2010. Got real serious in 2012, and then a year ago left with uh, Todd and Kelly Fox and Stephen and Sarah Little. Stephen and Sarah are in here somewhere, aren't they? Yeah, stand up, guys. These, come on, stand up. Come on, come on, yeah. They went to, uh, um, they went to Huntington, West Virginia. And we'll talk a little bit about why Huntington in just a minute. But folks need to know about a year ago, they, uh, they left. And uh, Todd, was a, uh, Todd Fox was a staff guy here. And Stephen had been an intern. And you were, you were on the finance team and different things. That's the glue that held this place together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, it's amazing we've grown since you left. But that we don't want to... <laughs> But God is a God of miracles, right? And then, uh, enough about you. Uh, Todd Ballard, some of you uh, were thinking, are my bifocals working right this morning? Is uh, Todd and Nathan left a year ago to go to western Michigan, a place called Fruitport. Todd and Cindy and their kids, Grady and Brooke and, and Zimmerman and his, who's he got, seven or eight kids now, something like that. And... Uh, all that being said, you guys went to Michigan, and uh, we, uh, we saw God's faithfulness to fill in all these spots, two really key staff guys, our worship guy and our, our youth minister, and God stepped up and really blessed us, as you, you all know. So, having said that, we're in this series called What If, and the kind of the focus is on evangelism, and... Uh, you know, there's nothing bigger than saying, we're going to be evangelistic. We're going to leave our comfort zone and go somewhere else and plant a church. And the only reason you do that is because God taps you on the shoulder and says, do this. And people ask us all the time, how's it going, those church plants? How's it going? So, Todd, why don't you give us an update? How's it going? And, um, you know, one year later? 
It's amazing it's been one year. It doesn't feel like one year. I was playing with the worship team earlier, and it just felt like a normal Sunday. So thank you guys for letting me come back. It's great. This is family. This will always be family. Before I say anything else, uh, what a great job Micah has done. Um, Honestly, the kid is really incredible, has an amazing heart for God. So thank you guys for standing behind him. Uh, It's going great. I mean, you know, anytime you start something new in a new place, like I had never even been to Michigan up until January of 2017. So that was, the whole thing is new to me. I didn't really know what to expect. We love the area. It does not snow every day like everybody thinks it does. It's 84 degrees when we left the other day. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful area. So the glaciers are melting right now. In Lake Michigan, yep. yeah. Okay, yep, they good, melt. Good. You guys saw that beach, right? That's real. Right. That's yeah. That's what we live That's close in Cancun, to. right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> editing. Video editing at its best. Uh, but it's truly going great. I mean, a, yeah. a year into it, the church has only been actually established in probably in the past eight months as far as Sunday services go. But <laughs> people just keep showing up. They haven't kicked us out yet, so it's been pretty yeah. amazing. Great. Phil, how about uh, City Church? You guys went to Huntington, same time, and uh, had a big launch uh, here, and now, how's it going? It's going very well, Monty. Yeah. No, it's going great. Uh, The relationships, you know, so our heart um, hadn't really changed from the time that we were here to uh, going to Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, Steph and I's lives were dramatically changed uh, by relationships. Uh, It's centered on the Word of God, so... Uh, when we were praying about uh, leaving, um, you know, e- each one of us uh, came to the uh, conclusion that even if it was just one of our families, we would go independently of the rest. And so Steph and I's idea was like, oh, we'd just go join a church and start a life group. That's mm-hmm. all we knew, you know. So essentially what we've done is start a really big life group uh, in our home. Uh, we rotate into the different homes, and uh, the relationships have been great. Uh, clearly God's at work because of the quality of the relationships that have happened in just a year's amount of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's amazing. The quality of people that he's bringing together is amazing. Uh, Several different ministries are represented uh, within Cine Church. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, it's just been great. Um, Now we're getting to the point, you know, we are meeting in our homes, and we're moving from uh, the Smith's house, Little's house, and the Fox house. Uh, So we didn't all get in one big house. We thought that might be too strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got separate houses in. Those are, uh, you know, 40 to 50 people uh, in a house is yeah. quite a bit, but it's great. So, yeah. Yeah. so explain, because there's a, there's a big difference in strategy between Lakes and City Church. Tell us a little bit about the strategy you got. You're starting to allude to it, but tell us a little more about what the plan was uh, going to Huntington. Uh, so the plan going to Huntington was uh, just to do essentially what we were doing here, just building relationships with people that would be uh, neighbors, coworkers, which is tough if you're in an office of one. Uh, but everybody in my office is safe, so that's awesome. Um, but, well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, yeah, it's just building yeah. relationships. So it's uh, investing in your neighbors and your neighborhood, right. uh, coworkers. You know, God moved us there, and all six adults were able to get jobs in an area that, you know, those aren't necessarily easy to come by. Uh, and in many cases, uh, those jobs were better off for it. So uh, that's incredible. Just more proof that God's been at work. So uh, strategy is just to invest in people's lives, build relationships. A lot of things we were doing here, uh, we're doing there. So discipleship groups, that's been a key vehicle for us. Uh, and again, God has blessed that. Uh, the ladies have the largest discipleship group in history. 
Uh, I think there's some maybe 30 ladies that meet together, which is incredible, and yet they still do it in less time than six men do. I don't know how that works, but uh, yeah, so 30 ladies that, uh, you know, three went with us, 27 that they didn't know a year ago, and now they're meeting together, talking about the Word of God, talking about things that matter, uh, investing and praying in one another's lives. Uh, The men, you know, we've also had a a great deal of success with discipleship groups as well. So that's great. Yeah. Todd, you took a different approach, you and Nathan. Yeah. Nate and I both kind of felt that call to more of the Western society, traditional style church, but I love what they're doing. Like that's what the book of acts was, right? It's just right. people meeting together right. in a home and, right. and worshiping together and singing together and giving praise to God and taking care of the community. So I love what city church is doing. We just felt more of that call of a more mainstream style church. So we had to take a little bit of a different approach. We had to raise support. We had to find a building, those kind of things. But God just answered the call. I mean, I think in everything in life, God just calls you to be obedient. And uh, that's one of the hardest things. You guys know that. It's hard to be obedient, especially when you don't know what's in front of you. But if you step out, I've seen it time and time again. Monty, I know you can attest and Phil can attest that if you step out in faith, God always will deliver. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. And this isn't a perfect church that we started up there. It's very flawed, just like the people running it. But we've seen people's lives change. We've seen people who have been addicts that are no longer addicts and are coming to church every week, getting their family in church and baptizing. So it's been really interesting and great, but the, that front end of trying to raise support, nobody likes doing that. Nobody likes asking people for money. It's, it's right. never a fun thing. But God just showed up, and so here we are, and we're, yeah. we're doing well. How much of the strategy do you think God wove around your gifts and your unique talents? Does Phil have talents? Yes. Many. Very, very. Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Excel. Phil's a, an accountant by trade. And if you so, couldn't tell. Uh, he's a numbers guy, and uh, uh, he can count the offering. That's the way I see it, and trusted. I can tell you this, that I don't know if we would have got our 501 status without right. Phil. Right. Like, if you guys know me at all, I'm not administrative at all. <laughs> and it's like 4,000 pages long, something like that. It's like the Bible. It's like keep, 40 pages. Well, but, it yeah. seems like 4,000. 4, it's all kinds of legal jargon. Six, six words. words okay. yeah. Six words are tough. Yeah, man. yeah. It's really Anyways, long. Phil did that whole thing for us. I mean, he had nothing to gain by spending hours and hours to come alongside. So yeah. obviously we all have our, our special gifting that God has called us to. Yeah. Um, I'm an evangelist at heart. You know that about me. I love to reach people. I love to build community with people. But you can't just do that and make a church happen. So uh, Nate is obviously different than I am. Nate's talent is, uh, as an introvert, he's phenomenal from stage, but he also is really good at connecting people. And so he's done a good job. So between the two of us and the unique gifting God has given us and then Phil coming alongside, uh, we got a status that was really hard to get in the church world these days. Yeah, and for the style you guys had, God put three couples together that were just disciple-making supercharger couples to do that, right? Yeah, that, uh, I can't tell you how hard it would have been if, in fact, any one of the families, I think we'd all agree, went out on our own. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the fact that God knitted us together, uh, and it truly is, it was a family uh, leaving here, family we left behind, you know, it's just tough, but uh, it's great, yeah, so mm-hmm. with uniqueness, I mean, Fox is now our worship leader, how awesome mm. is that? You know, so That's scary. God has yeah. grown talents that maybe wouldn't have grown <laughs> oh, before. He's so. actually good. Okay. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the best worship okay. in the city. So, um, yeah, you know, Fox has grown in that. I mean, 
he's like the that guy with James Nash from Beautiful Mind when he talks about yeah. church, his white paper everywhere. Yeah, it's just right. uh, really incredible uh, to be around. You know, so he's our visionary pastor. So that continues to this day. You know, yeah. I mean, he continues to uh, cast a big vision for us, and um, and that's awesome. That kind of fuels our mission. Uh, Stephen, uh, the guy who you know, would say that he was the least connected of everybody is now the main facilitator throughout the city, you know, so God did something new in his life, uh, there. So that's been awesome to see those relationships form from what he's doing. Uh, the ladies are incredible. I mean, I don't think we would have a single gathering if it wasn't for the ladies and their calendars. They love to get together with their calendars. So that's been really awesome. I'm not sure what I bring to the table just yet. We're still figuring that out, yeah. but, um, yeah. I'm on the finance committee still. So yeah. that's good. amazing. But yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> we love you, Phil. We love you. Hey, tell us a little bit about where you've seen God working. Okay, so we go and we plan a church, and you know as well as I do, we had these conversations before you all left. Not every church plant actually makes it. And so the key in this is the Spirit of God at work in the hearts of people. Phil, what have you seen? Where have you seen God? And not necessarily statistically, but. Maybe anecdotally, is there some stories you could tell us? Yeah, there's a lot of stories uh, that I could tell you, Monty. Pick uh, one. Yeah, Maybe okay. One. I try to condense try this to be for serious. you. I mean, God's done a lot, yeah. so if you want me to scale it back, that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's uh, it it actually is amazing. I mean, I point to the relationships that have been formed have been kind of the first indicator. Yeah, God's in this. Uh, Stephen Kern, missionary in Mozambique, you know, yeah. he was visiting with us before we left, and he said, well, you guys really are like the misfits of church planning. Mm. I said, yeah, that's a good title. It'll stick. But, uh, you know, I mean. Real Barnabas encouragement, <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's just, I can't tell you how freeing it was to go there, and then on the other side, it's, uh, there is no other expectation. Like, why are you here? Oh, you're here to start a church. So there's, you know, that just comes out naturally. Mm-hmm. So uh, that leads a lot of conversations. Uh, but those relationships that God has just brought together, again, these are not, maybe not quantity, but quality. I mean, mm-hmm. extremely high quality people. Uh, that's been amazing to see. I mean, God's uh, moved in so many ways. Just the, the fact that he's uh, given six adults jobs like that, um, that's amazing. Uh, I'd been praying for an intern to invest my life in, you know, in a discipleship, spiritual and, and professional way. And yeah. God moved me to West Virginia before he gave me that. You know, I mean, there's just a, a number of things. So God's really orchestrating. And now we're seeing new leaders rise up in our gatherings. Um, we had a 24-year-old gentleman that uh, gave the message at our, maybe not our last gathering, but one of the most recent ones. That's awesome. Yeah, that's People great. introducing our vision. We have like a why moment at the beginning of our message uh, and so we have different people from within the gathering that will step into that and essentially cast our vision for us. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah. Todd, how, how have you guys seen the Lord moving and working there in Fruitport? Well, Fruitport's an interesting place. Um, it's very religious, different than religion that you find in the Bible Belt. Definitely uh, some similarities, but, but different. A lot of people who... Um, want to go to church, they just choose not to go to church. It's like something can just come. I think that's kind of the, the state of our uh, country too, right? I mean, the average attendance is like maybe twice a month or something like that. Somewhere along the line, we've just declined across the board to spend more time with God. And, and that's what we kind of found up there. There's a lot of people who talk about God, um, but very religious and not as much relationship driven. So we kind of came in there knowing that we would fight a little bit of a religious struggle there and trying to reach people. I mean, 
I love meeting people. I love connecting with people. Uh, but most people go to church. You don't meet a whole lot of people that don't go to church, which is similar to what you have in a Lexington. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit different climate. And I've seen some things work, other things that, that haven't worked. But um, I don't think you can go wrong just building relationships with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw that here. I think anywhere you go, no matter what the climate is, if you spend time with somebody, if you buy into somebody's life, at some point you're going to be able to talk about God with them. And, mm-hmm. and I wish I could say, man, we've seen salvation's by the hundreds, but it just takes time. Discipleship takes time. And so that's how a church really has to start. Even though we're a more mainstream, traditional style church where it feels like this on a Sunday morning, it still starts with the relationships right. wherever I can find it. So try to go to the gym and meet people all the time or go out to eat and get to you know. Go to, I'm sorry, you go to the gym? Every day. I'm yeah. sure you couldn't tell. Both of you guys do. Don't yeah. compare me to Phil. It's <laughs> like the worst thing ever. And could you have taken longer on your topic? Good gosh. Like I, I hope you guys long. know these guys are really good friends. They just couldn't plan a church together. <laughs> so, uh. <coughs> no, but it's going great. I don't, it, it's tough to say, yeah. right? But that takes time. It yeah. takes time to build yeah. relationships with people. But that, that is happening, and we're seeing, yeah. seeing that. So, you were part of this staff for four years, almost four years, and really felt like it was providential. God brought you here for reasons that a lot of these folks probably don't know. And that's probably a conversation for another time. But um, why you were here, how did this place prepare you for what you're doing now? Well, I said it up top, and I mean this. It's not just lip service. I love this place. I mean, I truly do. Uh, Cindy and I, and my wife does too, that's been the hardest part about the move is that we truly love Northeast and the family that we had here. And you guys probably feel the same way. It's just a unique church where it's really close knit, the people that are inside of it. And being here, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, we came in, we made a lot of changes. People hated me. That was awesome. Uh, (laughs) But we tried to kind of just change who we were to recreate, to reach a younger generation. And I look back and I think, and only God could have, could have walked us through that process. Yeah. Monty was gracious enough to allow me to, to teach one Sunday morning. It was May four years ago, and he let me teach, and my wife was scared to death. She's like, I never heard you teach. And, and it's just I taught, and I felt like God was just saying, this is what's next. I mean, there comes a time for every worship leader uh, when you've almost gotten too old for that position. you got the Micahs of the world that can do a better job, and I'm glad to just step aside and say, take us, you know, into his throne room. But I felt that calling to start preaching. Well, that doesn't happen if Monty isn't a gracious and a humble person. I mean, that's truly a lot of senior pastors just wouldn't open up, especially never hearing me preach. It could have been a nightmare. And it probably was a nightmare. Hopefully I grew in that process. So, I mean, that by far was the the biggest part. And then just doing graphics. I kind of took over graphics that first year. Right. I went to college for graphics, but you guys remember how college went for me, so it didn't go real well. <laughs> so that's the first time I had touched graphics since 93. I mean, it's right. been a long time. Right. So that's really helped. I mean, we've saved thousands of dollars on a new church that we yeah. would have to do for branding and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I cannot thank yeah. this church, thank you enough, Monty, yeah. for allowing us to, to play a role in this place. Yeah, well, that, that's the Lord at work molding and shaping you guys, and it's been fun to watch uh, from afar what God's been doing there is I, I get to watch your sermons every once in a while and uh, Phil how did how did Northeast I mean you came a different route I mean he came on a professional track but you can you came here 
through the back door, literally. I mean, you guys were coming in, sitting on the back row back in 2010. And then the minute that last amen, man, you were out the door getting your kids headed to the Cracker Barrel or wherever you were going. Uh, how did, how did uh, <laughs> hey, you're wearing it well. You're wearing it well. Um, he said to me, I said, I asked him, anyway, he said, it's a holiday. I can gain a little extra. So go ahead. Father's Day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, our lives were completely transformed because of what's going on in this church, this people. Um, I'll try not to get emotional in the process, and sure. I'll try to keep it short for you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, our life was transformed here. You're right, we were sitting in the back, and then we slowly inched our way up. But uh, it was through relationships, absolutely right. through relationships, which we wanted no part of in the beginning. We did right. sit in the back, and we grabbed our kids, and we took off, and Bob Evans probably was the— more popular choice, but, um, it was, uh, and then eventually we decided to try out a Sunday school class and, and there we encountered Pat and Steve Smith and the, and the family that's journeys, you know, and, and we saw exactly what you were doing here with, uh, Todd, you know, making, uh, it through humility, uh, raising up new leaders, uh, to go and do this new thing. So they were doing that same thing in journeys class. Uh, I remember Stephen first sharing his testimony there, and just how he's grown since then is amazing, you know. And so many people have come through that. You know, Anthony Combs, Paul Phillips, Tom Fox, uh, so many. And, um, you know, so just create an opportunity for people to even understand that they have giftings and they have talents and abilities and they have a voice and they have a role to play. They are ministers, you know. So we started to see that in ourselves, gotten into life group. That was huge for us, getting into a life group. Uh, didn't even know what that was. Uh, got into it later on. We were able to start our own life group, and the relationships that you build there is amazing. Uh, discipleship groups. I mean, it's just right. we've been completely transformed by the work of God in this church. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Such a soft spot in my heart for what you guys yeah, are doing. Yeah, I'm really proud of you. I mean, it's easy. It's Todd and I worked together for uh, four years, and, and that was a great partnership and a lot of— uh, a lot of the way we are today is because the DNA of his involvement there. But you came through kind of, the, uh, you know, a secular, if you could use that term, uh, vocation. And yet here you are, a church planner. Yeah. Any regrets in that? Absolutely no regrets. Uh, <laughs> no, no regrets, really. I mean, you know, there's hard, uh, uh, there's hard things, you know, leaving relationships that right. we've had here right. for so long. Right. But you think of that scripture and um, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it yep. remains but a single grain. Yep. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So uh, there is that. We've seen that also in our life groups, you know, before that, you know. So new things have to develop. New things have to happen so that people have a space to belong yeah. and be accepted. So yeah. no no regrets just uh, outside of the relationships. Yeah. Todd, any regrets? Um, I haven't fired Nathan yet. And yeah. I regret that. Yeah. But this fall, that, I'm waiting for that. That's the inside baseball thing. Every staff meeting, he would ask, "Can we fire Nathan?" <laughs> He's the worst. For four he still years, does that with steady his drumming. So I figured the so first cool. month he'd yeah, be gone. I'm, but, I'm uh, waiting. I need a big hurrah. No, not yeah. really. There's probably been a couple times where, I mean, starting a church is just tough, and you try to explain what you think it's going to look like, and then until it actually happens and it looks right. a little different. Uh, I probably didn't explain some things well to some people up front that kind of got their feelings hurt when it didn't go a direction they wanted. And you know, you, I mean, you know what that feels like. Right, There's a, yeah. it's a weird, lonely road to be a lead pastor. So I, I ask that you would pray for your, your pastor because it's not an easy road. Yeah. Um, 
and you feel this weird, I don't know, Imani, you've done a lot longer than me. I mean, you're like 70. Uh, but you feel this weird desire to please everyone, and yet at the same time, you know Galatians 1.10 that you're not yeah. here to please people. You're supposed to please God. And so that, that's been a struggle of trying to figure what that looks like. Um, so I wouldn't say necessarily regret, but more you just look at it and say it's kind of a stepping stone to learn and figure out how to do this thing the most effective way. So all of the challenges that go into this, I mean, there are financial risks that you take. There's fear, you know, just that you wake up in the middle of the night and you're thinking about things and you're wondering how's this going to happen. And you're trusting God all along the way. Your faith is expanding, all of these things. In lieu of kind of this whole big picture of evangelism, you know, helping people have enough knowledge to make a good decision about Jesus. What would you say to the person that's sitting out here in this auditorium or maybe watching this online who may feel God nudging them to do something like this? Maybe it's to plant a church or maybe it's not something that's that broad, but maybe it's to start a, a life group or a Bible study, or maybe it's just to invite one of their family or friends or coworkers to friend day next week. What would you say to them? Phil? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that you are fully equipped and qualified to do so. You have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. You have everything you need to do that. We fully believe that the Spirit of God and the Word of God is enough to do the work of God and the people of God. Um, so God is always going to draw you closer. You know, God is always going to challenge you to move to that next step, right? And he's also going to use you to bring other people with you. So if you're feeling that nudge, that is God, uh, moving in your life, which is an awesome thing. So, uh, definitely, uh, lean into that. Um, when we felt that call, we prayed for 40 days, <laughs> you know, so we spent a lot of time, God, are you sure, <laughs> you know, that you want us to do this? Yeah. And, um, at the end of that, we were fully convinced that that is what he wanted us to do. But, you know, if you're feeling the call to join a life group, do that. You know, if you're feeling the call to start a life group, do that. You know, I mean, uh, take, uh, you can't even call them risk because, you know, it's God. You know, he, he's, I like to say he's got this whole thing rigged. But, um, you know, take risk, you know. Lean into your relationship with God. You're fully equipped, so. Yeah. I forgot the question. What was the question? <laughs> what would you say I'm to someone? What would you say to someone who's feeling God nudging them to take, you know, step out? Yeah, I don't think you're ever completely prepared to do anything. Like when you when we found out we were going to have a child for the first time, I just wasn't prepared. I didn't even want a child. And then you get there and God prepares you. He explains it, he walks you through that process. Anything in the ministry is sort of the same way. I remember the very first time, uh, this was way back, 2001 or something like that, a church I was working at said, can you lead from the piano? I was like, sure, why not? And they were like, why don't you go ahead and do that? I'm like, I was kind of just kidding because I had never done that. And so I just sat down at the piano and just started leading from the piano. And it's that first step of that obedience that we talked about earlier. You don't have to be prepared to go start a church. You just have to be willing to start a life group, to, to be intentional about caring about somebody. It's just being obedient because you can run from God and it's not going to end well. And if he's called you to whatever it is, missions or whatever, um, don't get caught up in the, well, I don't know if I can. I mean, if I truly, Monty, you might feel this way too. I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing half the time as a lead pastor of a church. I really don't. 
It's probably not even a surprise to you. But if I got caught up in that and said, well, this is, I'm not going to start a church because this is how I feel. I would have never helped start a church. No one would ever. Right. Because I've said this for years. uh, If we're waiting for somebody that's perfect to get on stage, it's going to be a lonely day on stage. No one's going to be up here. And so you just have to take that step, whatever God's calling you to do. And you know it in your heart, like, like whatever his face is. He said, Phil, 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 (laughs) he said that the spirit of God is inside you. And that's what we have. We have that deposit guaranteeing us. Right. And so we have that inside of us. Just listen to that voice and take a step. You won't fail. Yeah. So Matthew 28 is a big verse, a passage around here, the great commission. Um, and we, we want to be a great commission church. We want to live with that mindset of being on the edge. And so it's not just the staff, it's not just the eldership or those who are in leading groups or classes or things, but it's for the entire church body to be people who are empowered by that. And I think that hardest part, and you guys kind of talked about it, the hardest part is initially going. You know, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I've commanded you. Those, that whole last part of that is once you get there, you start doing all these things. But going is so hard, and it is challenging. And so, you know, on behalf of uh, me and our eldership, our leadership here, our staff, and, and our congregation, we, we want you guys to know just how proud we are of you and just grateful for this willingness to step out. It's been easy to stay here, continue to live in, you know, the bathwater that's comfortable, but you guys took a step, and, you know, for whatever reason, God said, I want you to go to Michigan, I want you to go to Huntington, and now we're anticipating great things in the future. And what I want to do as we kind of pull all this together is just pray for God to bless these two churches. And uh, we trust that his faithfulness, you will see that. You've, you remain faithful to him, and you know this. He'll be, he'll be more faithful to you than you can ever imagine. So let me pray for uh, the two churches. Will you join me? Father, I thank you for these men and for the story that they're telling uh, their one year, uh, in some ways, the vision was planted a long time ago. Uh, but their one year in actually um, starting this journey with you. And Lord, I thank you for the way that you have provided for them. I thank you for the way in which you have given them peace of mind at times when there's turmoil and chaos. I thank you, God, for the, the journey that has been evidenced by you at work all along the way providing a building, providing key contacts, providing resourcing, providing jobs. Lord, we're just so thankful to hear those stories and to hear lives are being changed in Huntington and in western Michigan. Lord, will you just pour out your blessings on the City Church and Lakes Church? Even this morning, wherever they are, those bodies and those groups of people, wherever they're meeting, whatever they're doing, Lord, will you give them an extra measure of knowledge and understanding that you're with them? Will you rebrand that into their hearts and minds? And Lord, I know that the enemy doesn't like it when we expand to forcefully advance the kingdom of God, as your word says. And so we pray for strong resolve, strong faith in you, confidence that whatever comes, that they they are in your hands, and you will see them through. 
Lord, we've seen that here, and I know they're seeing that in their respective places. And God, we just pray for more and more evidence of that. God, I thank you personally for these guys. We're so proud of them. We love them. We love their families. We miss them. And yet we are so grateful for what you're doing. The one thing that we would let them leave here to do is to go plant a church or serve in ministry in some capacity. So God, fill in the void here and continue to bless them. Lord, we do all of this because of Jesus. He is the hope of the world. And he is the reason why people will risk maybe even great risks, in some cases even putting their lives on the line so that others might know who Jesus is because he changes everything and for all eternity. And so God, as we take this next part of our service just to reflect on you, to look at the cross, that piece of bread that represents Jesus' body and that cup of juice that represents his blood, we take great great joy and find a tremendous privilege, God, that you did that for us. May we never forget that as we partake this morning. God, we love you, we praise you, and we pray that you will be the one who is recognized and glorified today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.